that's what it's going to become. It's, it's just everybody's floating. Everybody's hitting each other. Nobody knows what the fuck's going on. No peanuts. Nothing. No peanuts. There's there's shit everywhere. Just every and that's what Welcome to America fly safe. Welcome into another episode of the Balls, Buckets, and Bull podcast. I'm again your host, Joey Morales. Welcome in by a couple buddies this time. You guys remember him from last week, Adam Grafcheck. Holla. And a, from a couple weeks ago, Mr. Matt Borfockery. Hello, everybody. Takes two to tango in here, Joey. We're ready to dance. But there's three of us. Shut up. Okay. So we'll be talking uh, some Kawhi Leonard trade news. We'll be talking... Some uh, more uh, bullshit towards the end. I'm sure some people could use that. Yes. To kick us off, let's talk about the blockbuster trade. One that we saw at least the trade coming for a while now. Maybe not necessarily the team. But it's Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green for DeMar DeRozan, Jakob Podol, and a protected first-round pick. It's the Raptors' first-round pick, right? Correct. Now... I have a ton of thoughts on this, but I'd like y'all to speak first. So that way I don't just ramble on for a good 15 minutes. Matt, why don't you take the floor? First off, I just want to give a huge, huge, huge congratulations to Toronto and the country of Canada as a whole for stealing this one from out under the California Los Angeles Lakers. Ooh, Amazing. Really? Yeah. I mean, this is a win for Canada. This I don't think so. I oh. think they just set themselves back another 40, 50 years. 50 years? Yeah. You yeah. won't hear anything from the North ever again. It's it's horrible. So he's going to be there for one year. You're right. So so you got to look at the trade here because I think that I, – I do think that Toronto might take a little bit of like a psyche blow here just because they kind of had more of the I – think, I think that team was a, a good group of friends, not only like as a – you know, teammates, they're pretty cohesive together. So you got to look at that first and say, okay, well, you're breaking that up. What is the, what is the stipulations there and the fallout there? But I mean, Kawhi literally just diminished his value so low. I feel that in terms of the trade value, you know, on the surface, I think. So did he win? I mean, like, no. Yeah. He's, he's in a worse spot. Kawhi for sure. For sure, he's in a worse spot. I mean, you talk about breaking up the boy band. I mean, where's Drake and all this? Is he getting sent to San Antonio? I mean, shit. So just to, like you said, kind of think about it from everyone's perspective. Let's talk about the Spurs. So the Spurs, from the beginning, diagnosed this injury differently than what his camp did. They wanted to treat it differently than his camp did. And that's where this whole sort of quote-unquote drama came from. But I think it's pretty obvious that this was never about the injury. It may have been at first, but like long-term, it was. I don't think it was ever about the injury. And the re- here's why I say that. If he really didn't trust the Spurs at all, if he really was so uh, hurt about what Manu and Tony came out to say and what Pop had been saying about you just have to ask his group, then all he'd be saying was, get me out of San Antonio. Get me out of San Antonio. I don't want to be around this team anymore. Anyone else, just get me out of here. 
but that's not what he said. He want then his group release. I want to be a Laker. I want to be in LA at least. LeBron goes over there. Oh, I don't want to be a Laker anymore. I want to be a Clipper. I don't want to be under LeBron's shadow. Then, that's that's fair. I mean, Kawhi deserves his own spotlight. I think he's a good enough player to do that. I've heard some rumblings that he doesn't want to be the, the man. Um, you know, and whether that's true or not, uh, I mean, if he doesn't want to play under LeBron, uh, everybody everybody takes second fiddle, if not third. Um, a LeBron miss in his eyes is still better than another player making a three. So yeah. put that out there. Um, so yeah, when when Kawhi he's getting his own team, yeah, wherever he lands, I guess finally, uh, it's definitely not Toronto. I mean, he'll who knows his back may still flare up or whatever his injury was, and still may not even play. Yeah, they still, and that's a good point. They still haven't even done the physical yet, and yeah. I got him. I mean, and this is what, like I said, this was to me. This was never about the injury. This was always about him just wanting to go to L.A. At least him and his group wanted to go to L.A. I don't know who, who because is his group. Will you say that it's this his is like uncle, policy? his agent, and uh, the, there's a couple people that are close to his inner circle that kind of have been pushing what looks like behind the scenes, pushing for this move out to the West. Like I said, it was never about the injury because you see him trade off to Toronto. They immediately release Kawhi will never play in Toronto. He doesn't want to play there. Even if they win the finals, he will not resign with Toronto. Basically trying everything he can at the last minute to let this trade fall apart and Toronto just get scared. So can Toronto like retrade him? Yeah, but who the hell, the only team they can trade him to is the Clippers or the Lakers. There's only two, te- and if you're, if you're one of those two teams, you're like, why exactly? I mean, if, if, if you saw them mess up, you if you're the Clippers or the Lakers, you saw the Clippers mess up. Why that? Why would you trade? Does, does Toronto? Does Toronto think that? Man, if we hold out until the trade deadline, and there's some like team out there on the fringe, right, east or west, they won't get anything. It's too late. I don't know. I mean, if it's a fringe-worthy team who's hungry and thinking, man, shit, if I'm the the Celtics, and let's say Gordon Hayward just he doesn't get to come back, right? So he's still he's still hurt. Um, he doesn't round into form. Do you, I mean, Danny Ainge just stockpiled some stuff. Yeah, but I feel like if the Celtics would have traded for him, it would have been with the whole season, not for half a season. And he's Danny Ainge is a very very particular GM. He sure. will not take a deal unless he feels he is winning. Sure, right, but, but I mean, you got to look at it the same. You say that you know you're getting close to that trade deadline. That's when you get these teams making desperate yeah. moves like yeah. that. If you have a Gordon Hayward out, that's that's a dynamic person that you you're are relying upon. Yeah, not to mention if I don't know Tatum has a slump. I don't know what was the other cat's name boy from uh, Cal. What's his name? I can't remember his name. Um, if he if he takes a dip, I don't know if one of those guys gets hurt. Whatever it may be, right? You're like, damn, we're one or two in the conference, and I can't afford another year of just eh, letting it go. Does Danny say, hmm, I'll give one of my future first and second round picks and I don't know, sling them Terry uh, Rozier and a couple, maybe somebody else and just say Toronto, Toronto would make a deal because they know they're not going to keep them, right? So they would hypothetically say, well, I can use this as a bargaining chip just even further down. Potentially. I don't know. It really depends how desperate the Celtics are at that point. I, but you gotta who, remember here, the East is so wide open at mm-hmm. this point for the, you know, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, you know, the two or three teams that are 
competent, you know, that that can make the playoffs and definitely be dominant there. So the East, you're really not even playing for the regular season at that point because mm-hmm. there is such a divide. You're playing for, you know, conference finals and championships at that point. So mm-hmm. I think in the longevity, the long term of, of a deal like that could could really help out in terms of just a season by season. Basis. Who's the Toronto GM that made this trade? Yeah, that was a part of the missed dialogue. Um, I know it was. That would be Masai Ujuri. Yeah, that guy needs to get fired immediately. <laughs> like, what was he thinking? You know what? If Kawhi leaves, we still get Danny Green. That's not that's not a good backup plan. Who? And this was their protected first round? Yeah, it's a, it's a top 20 first protected. So if they basically finish in the top 12 of teams, the Spurs will get the pick. If they finish outside, the, the Raptors will keep the pick. But if they keep... The pick, then they get next year's uh, two second round picks. So here's here's the other thing you got to consider here. We ta- we already said Kawhi kind of shot himself on the foot here with the whole like I need to get out of here right now type thing and the whole injury and all that kind of stuff. You got to look at this the other way maybe. You know Kawhi has this time now to maybe improve his value in the market. So when the time comes that he's looking for another team, everyone's kind of forgotten a little bit about this whole drama that's gone on in San Antonio. And remember that he is at the end of the day, a top five player in the league. Yeah. Eh, we'll see. I'd probably right? say more six or seven, but <laughs> just into, like what you said about how he cost himself to put in perspective, the max he could have got with the Spurs, which is like the, the you're signed as a rookie you sign to max, then you like make the all-star team a couple times, and you make all the NBA. He could have got five years, two hundred and twenty million dollars. The max he can, even if he re-signs with the Raptors for a max, the max he could get is one ninety. So that's at least thirty million right there. Then so is his uncle getting paid? You know, part of the group is are they taking? But if he goes to LA, the max he could sign is four years, one hundred and forty million. So the difference between signing with the Spurs and signing with LA, forget forget even income tax, is eighty million dollars. He cost himself. He wants to cost himself eighty million dollars. I mean, did he have that much spite towards the organization? Like, what I, would have I, draw, I just what, I don't I mean, understand to have to be that upset because they thought your injury was different and because they wanted to. Uh, you know, rehab in-house is ridiculous. I guess I don't understand the crux of the... And I and I honestly think, I think it was all, I think it was all blown out of proportion and overplayed to try to just shove that narrative that the Spurs are being this mean organization that's trying to force their player to play hurt. And it's not true. Pop knew all along. We, and then you, you start seeing these reports come out that this group was hiding him while they were, the Spurs were visiting him in New York. They didn't even get to see him because they were like literally pushing him to different rooms so that way they couldn't get to him. You see all this stuff, Pop knew a long time ago. Pop knew a long time ago that something was up, and he still he stood in front of all the cameras, all the reporters, and said, you're just going to have to ask his group. We don't know. He's still rehabbing. He never like really, really bad-mouthed him. He just said, you're just going to have, have to ask his group because he didn't have any information. They wouldn't, let, they wouldn't talk to him. They wouldn't let him talk to him. Tony knew. Manu knew. That's why they called him out in the meeting. They knew something was up. And everyone, you know, at the time, everyone's thinking, oh, man, look at these Spurs veterans. These guys are just shaming him in front of the whole locker room. That's terrible. They knew. They knew something was up, and they acted accordingly. Petty, right? You know. On the Raptors end, by the way. I understand players wanting to go play at their home, wanting to go play for a different team. That's fine. But if you're going to, like, badmouth one of the classiest organizations in the NBA— 
that's where I draw the line. You oh, I'm upset. No, yeah, this is this I'm a little is, hashtag triggered. <laughs> you know, this is this is just some high school drama bullshit. And I don't know as an organization who understands that Kawhi's on the trading block. Why would Toronto make that stretch? Why would they reach so, something like that? I think it's because they saw what happened with Paul George. Paul George, we all thought a year ago was no way he's going to stick with OKC. They're going to lose and he's going to go straight to LA. What happened? He stuck with OKC but, and he signed a four-year deal. Sure, sure. And so and that gamble is going to pay off for them. Correct. So you got to think, I, I was going to bring this up actually shortly afterwards because I've had some affiliation with Oklahoma City rather recently. I would say there is a chance. You can't say there's not because literally everyone said Oklahoma City is literally a stepping stone on the way to Los Angeles. Yeah, and it, was a be- it was a beautiful gamble by Sam Presti and it worked off and it paid off. And now mm-hmm. they're going to be great for at least another four years. So you look at Toronto and you can't now, you can't not think now in the back of your head, there's a chance. I agree. There is a chance. I don't care what his group says. There's definitely a chance. So George came off his last year at Indiana. He, he wasn't injured, was he? Did he still have like an all-star year before he got traded to OKC? Um, I believe he had a, a slight injury that kind of nicked him up for a couple Cool. It wasn't as season, bad but... as what, what happened in what the Olympics or something, right? He was playing. Some oh, stuff. no. Yeah. yeah. So no. That, that he was a little bit removed from that, right? Yeah. So we, we, we're still assuming that Kawhi is going to return to form. In, in Toronto, and then have some level of success like Paul did in OKC to convince himself that this is the right organization for me to sign long-term. Is there enough around in Toronto to help them be successful to give Kawhi the, the light at the end of the tunnel, the hope, you know, this, this potential that this is going to work out? They just got rid of their coach. Who had their best best winning season ever? Like, okay, what what made what made that make sense? You you ship off Demar. He's one of your two all stars. He was uh, pretty hurt too. Was he? Yeah, he was on saying on Instagram that there's no loyalty in this game. No, there isn't. It's the NBA. Well, like I said, I think that in Toronto with this trade, the, the downside is you're breaking up a bunch of very a very cohesive group. Yeah, very like they're all friends. It, it, so it's the a massive that, gamble, right? It's right. A massive right. Gamble. But I I don't think it, it. There's a chance it could pay off. No, I, I it craps out ten out of ten times. We'll yeah. we'll sit here and have this conversation next year. It it is one hundred percent. So a, it's in the where toilet. does Kawhi and I would tend to end leave, up? Where would, does he end up next year then? I I don't know. That's I just to th- think about this, guys. The Spurs didn't have Kawhi for basically the whole season, and at one point we're at the third seed in the West, and we're only like a game and a half, two games out of that third seed. They if, got if better. Kawhi's playing, they're a contender, and he didn't want to play. He didn't want to play, even though he knew they were a contender. You think he's going to want to stick with? Uh, no. Toronto, who's who's perpetually failed in the playoffs? I don't think so either. Well, without LeBron a... there, maybe it's a different story. That's something to consider. We'll see. I mean, because the you thing fire is, your coach, because you can't be. I'm LeBron. just saying, yeah. <laughs> he's already he's already thrown away all this money. He's thrown away a, a year with a legit contender in the Spurs. So, what motivates the guy? Location, location, location. Wing stop. Is that a what is that? Is that a gourmet restaurant? Yeah, uh, that's a it's a wing place in San Antonio. Well, nationally, but he was a one sponsor. Of their, yeah, he was sponsored what, by them. Have you eaten there? Of course. What so, do you What do you go with? 
What's like? What's the Kawhi Leonard special? He's got to have a combo, right? I think he <laughs> likes. I think he likes lemon pepper, but something sweet and salty. Don't quote me on that. Mm. Okay. He didn't seem like a spicy kind of guy. Back to the point. What the Spurs ranch got in, or blue cheese? What <laughs> What the Spurs got in return for him? I think was decent considering decent. They, the guy well, wasn't going to fucking play for him. They got. They just got Demar Derozan. They got what another? They got a center or something. Well, I don't know his name. And a, and a, and a potentially another first round pick. Like yeah. they, they made the, a guy who wasn't gonna play for them. They just got three pieces back. I mean, what? Yeah, they. That's a that's a win. Yep. Because everybody else who had assets that were willing to probably trade early on for the guy said, "No, dude, I'm pulling. I'm pulling my name out of this hat because." I don't know. Wild card, total wild card guy. So why am I going to put chips on the table for it? They and and so Kawhi ultimately hurt his value in the for the Spurs in getting a return. I, I doubt that was his mo, right? I doubt he's like, well, I'm going to try to I'm going to try to screw over the the Spurs here. I'm going to have some lasting impact here that you know sets them up for failure for the next whatever. That doesn't that that didn't work. They got. The Spurs got what they needed, and they'll be better for it, 110%. I agree. I mean, he's a four-time All-Star, and it's kind of like Pop said. It's time to move on. It's time to get over this whole drama. I think the Spurs are ready for it. I think everybody in the NBA was you know, just kind of ready for it. It it seemed to be just going on too long. Um, Unfortunately, it's now the Raptors' job, and it'll be be that drama will shift up north. Drake. Um, We got to get Drake in there. All right. So we're going to take a quick two minute break. Then we'll come back with some fun topics people have been asking about. Matt, any last closing top uh, thoughts on this trade? You hear about Kawhi wanting to go to LA. He wanted to go and join the King's Guard with LeBron. Mm -hmm. Instead, he was shipped up to the Night's Watch. Mm -hmm. Literally deported. Yeah. Um, Better have his green card. Yeah. And while we're at it, one last thought for me. You know, once the dust settles, a couple years go by. I'm sure Spurs fans will kind of realize this guy still brought us a title. He kept us as a contender for five years. At the end of the day, didn't have any off the court issues. Kept the Spurs classy for at least those years. So, at the end of the day, I'm sure people will kind of come to come full circle and realize, thank you, Kawhi. No. And we are back. So, for a while now, people have been asking me. We need a segment of the week. Mm-hmm. We want we want a segment, a reliable segment that we can look forward to. Sure, sure, sure. And for the longest time, I couldn't think of anything that hasn't already been out there. You know, oh, funny news topic in the world today, a.k.a. go look at Florida and see what people have done because Florida just seems to be... <laughs> the cesspool yes, of, the cesspool of, of hot of takes. People having <laughs> sex with animals... Uh, that's still going on. PCP and bath salts yeah. leads to X, right. Y, and Z. And Disney a, World, of course. Yeah. Yeah. What's wrong with Disney World, Joey? So I finally have the topic. Was he pleading the fifth on that one? <laughs> but you don't like Mickey? I don't like Minnie. I know. She cheated on you, didn't she? We finally have the sports segment. And the sports segment is obscure sport of the week. Ooh. And to bring us our very first, our debutant. Hmm. There's some more French. I'm working on it. The first obscure sport segment of the week. Adam Grafcheck, what is it? We we've we've broached the subject. This is, you know, this is just the tip of the iceberg, the inaugural discussion of obscure sports. And there are things going on in the world that are very strange. 
we don't know what cultures are doing, why they're doing them, why Joey hates the state of Florida. We just don't have answers to a lot of these things. However, in that, things evolve, right? In these cultures, there are different fascinations. The Incans, the Mayans, they had a form of basketball where the winners or losers would lose their head, right? We don't know why. We're not here to ask why. We're just here to appreciate the sport, okay? We need to get into the knit and the grit and understand, hey, if you're going to be a champion, what does it take to be a champion in an obscure sport? Today, we're discussing shin kicking. Shin kicking. Shin kicking. Say it with us, Matt. The shin. kicking of the shin. shin. Shin kicking. So, you know, this this is one that, you know, is probably pretty obvious what's going on here. Needless to say, two men enter, one man limps away. You know, this <laughs> is this is mano e mano, Joey. This is how this is how, you know, debates were settled years ago. You know what? Listen. We're going to settle it like men. We're going to go in the backyard. You grab hold of my shirt. I grab hold of yours. <laughs> let's just let's just get it going. Let's just kick and kick and kick some more. So needless to say, yeah, we've uh, I've done limited research on shin kicking because I, you know, it's it's one of those things that um I mean, how much research could there possibly be? I, I mean, well, Wikipedia's got a page, so that's a start. I, I, if any listeners out there have any sort of, you know, background here, any sort of information historically, I would be very, very interested in it. I don't know why ESPN hasn't done like a 30 for 30 short on shin kicking. ESPN, the Ocho. Yeah, that it's right in the, it's in that wheelhouse, right? And so we're we're going to get a lot of the terminology wrong. We're going to get a lot of pretty much the facts wrong. But that doesn't mean we can't dis- discuss shin kicking and what is potentially a, a lost art of martial combat. You so, know. So is there any rules? How is it played? What's is there quarters, halves? Is there uh, a ref? I don't know. You know, there. The only uh, great research you did. Well, listen. It happened back in England, okay, where all great things originate. You know, this is this is a sporting country. You know, these are probably some the I got to imagine it just evolved out of a pub, right? You know, some, these guys are getting drunk. The the bartender goes, "Guys, get the hell out of here. What do you stop yelling and bickering? There's probably two old curmudgeons that just, you know, won't die, right?" And they keep bringing up the same, oh, you, uh, you took my goat, uh, you know, whatever. Get outside, settle it like men. Well, who knows? They they said, let's just grab a hold of each other and start kicking our shins. Some There's probably some spectator out there. I'm like, hell, I'd pay to watch that. I would bet. On, I, got, I got Joey over here for a pint. So how is this not an Olympic sport yet? Well, it was. It was an Olympic sport. Um, it just was the... Coatswald Olympic Games. I, I don't know when that ended. Um, well, here it says in the 1850s. I mean, they probably just didn't have a secured network for, you know, paying paying some advertising and whatnot to actually get it going. But um, no, it's it's it seems pretty obvious. Success in the event requires both, quote, agility and the ability to endure pain. 
agility. So can you like move out of the way? It's not just no, no, like no. A... You have to grab onto my collar. I grab onto your collar, and we just dig in for I don't know how long. I've got a uh, a guide here that uh, can delve into some of the rules of shin kicking. Thank you, Matt, because like this to... guy's lawless over here. He doesn't know the listen, rules. Listen, That's how shin kicking started. We were all on the Wikipedia page. We know how limited it was in its description of the rules. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I had to fill the void. I had to dig into the dark web to get this. Yes. But here we are. Do I want to hear it then? Further guidance. Joey, come on. Here we are. The aim is to weaken opponent by kicking his or her shins. We've been over that. Once the legs have been weakened, mm. a competitor may throw the opponent to the ground off balance over a leg, provided that the grass of the shoulders is kept. So this shoulder contact is extremely important. Yes. A successful yes. throw involves unbalancing the opponent and of course sorry in the course of a kick it does not involve kicking the opponent to the ground nor pushing the opponent to the ground so there's some technique to this well yeah that and you know some historical reference too is the cliche you know don't kick a man when he's down rolled out from shin kicking of course everyone knows this fact if the stickler, which is the referee we yes. have found from recent yes. stickler the stickler <laughs> So who is deemed the stickler? It's the ref. Is the referee. The ref is literally called the stickler. Yes, the referee is the stickler who determines the score of the match. So is that why the is that where the phrase comes? Don't be a stickler. I, it's got to be like you know. So how many phrases originated from? Well, shit that's kicking? that's the we'll beautiful see. thing we're, we're finding keep, out. We're yeah, this is this them. is where we're relying upon our friends who are listeners, maybe to dive in, give us a little research. You know, as these segments evolve, we can. We can review topics, right? We can we can boil these down into like a top ten, right? At some point, so yeah, the stickler. We don't know. We don't know if that's like a family member, if that's the the pub owner. We don't know. How do you get that title? Is it the king? So, is there like a, a LeBron James of uh, shin kicking? Who's the the most famous person? You know, we don't know many, but we know who would have succeeded, and that's Tom Dempsey. Former NFL place kicker, most notably known for his game-winning 63-yard field goal. Um, please do yourself a favor, get the imagery, look up Tom Dempsey. Um, again, he held the place kicking field goal longest yardage for like 55 years. I got to imagine he... Didn't he also have no toes? That would be correct. And he also didn't have fingers on see, one of his hands. Just get him right with the the bone right there. Yeah. So he had like he had a mallet attached to his leg, and you know as as we found out here, one of the key elements of being successful in shin kicking is the ability to tolerate pain. If you don't have toes, that's a lot less pain that you would have to endure. So I got to imagine he's probably in the Hall of Fame of shin kicking. That was our obscure sport of the week. Our last topic of the day, um, just to kind of get back to one of the reality, one of the roots of this show, one of the first episodes we ever did, the worst kinds of people at airports. Mm. Um, considering both of y'all have flown very recently, I'm sure you guys would have some uh, good thoughts on this. Matt, why don't you go first? So I'm going to... Take my complaint here with about the worst people in the airport back to my childhood. Um, now, have any of you as a kid had those little uh, 
this whole plastic box essentially with a variety of shapes and sizes carved into this plastic box. And you would take, you know, the, these little inserts that would essentially match up. You got like a heart, you know, a star, maybe a couple letters, and you place it into the that plastic box. Hole. Correct. Yeah. This is a, to kind of have you gain a sense of spatial awareness, if you will, as a child. It helps you out, you know, just learn in your environment type thing. So you get to the airport, right? Time this in. Get on the plane. Everyone's, you know, everyone's ready to get on, sit down, start their movie or, you know, eat some food or get some drink, just get situated. And you've got this one person in front of you. Mm -hmm. They never had a plastic box because they're taking their suitcase that is the size of a small car and they're trying to place it into the overhead compartment completely wrong. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This person is who I elect to be person dun, at the dun, dun. Adam, seeing as how you've recently flown just this past weekend. Yeah. I'm the worst. Oh. I'm the worst passenger. Oh. I mean personally, like I just I hate flying. I'm I'm too tall. So I end up having I'm my own worst enemy. And I end up flying frontier. You know, I don't pay for the seat upgrade. I don't pay for luggage. Listen, I got a family to feed. I can't be having all these luxuries while I travel. So I get crammed in the back as a sardine. You know, I might as well be a lawn chair, you know, because my knees are up in my, my throat. You know, and everywhere I go, it seems that I like to have a good time. So I end up drinking quite a bit and then, you know, flying home the next day. And I'm in this awkward position of uncomfort, pure misery between two huge guys and I'm there just sweating, right? I've got, I'm just sweating out booze, you know, the, the motion of the, I don't know where Frontier gets their pilots. I don't know if they're all like failed guys from JAG or what, but needless to say, they, they're not easy on their, their customer. So, um, no, I just, I don't like flying in general. I mean, there are, you can nitpick all over the place. You can get people who are crazy on there you know, who have definitely taken too many stimulants or bath salts and are flying. I mean, this is frontier though. So yeah, it's, you get the, it's a who's who, you know, it's, you know, half the plane are felons, you know, it's just, it's like con air up there. <laughs> it's just, you don't, I mean, you don't know what you're going to get up there and what their backstories are. So it's just anybody on any day is going to is going to irk me it just so happens to be myself cuz i can never i can never fly right so so i could go with i feel like the favorite of people who don't put their luggage in the bin above them mm -hmm. you could go with people who get off who stand up as soon as the plane lands mm -hmm. You can go with the people who don't understand. You need to remove your shoes before going through. TSA, you right. You could, yes, you so. could go through the whole security. I mean, mm -hmm. you can pick a part going through security. There, no, yeah. uh, half the people fail the test right there. But yeah, I like that little little doohickey where you got to get in it now, and it does the three sixty image of your body. You know, and even still, it, it will pick up a paper clip. You know, that's from four four people away or whatever, and they got to pat you down. I really don't understand how some people don't know how to get through security in this day and age, but I will not go with that person. I will go with something that happened to me very recently. People who wear flip-flops on shoes and put their feet up. Wait, flip-flops 
Flop oh. flops on shoot on planes. Yes. Barefoot yes. and put their feet up on the chair. What's wrong with feet? <laughs> Nothing's wrong with feet unless they're touching me. Or in your face. If a bare foot is touching me on a plane, I have a problem. I or put I... my feet on the desk at work all the time. This sweaty mm, bear hip, claw. Hippie. Yeah. Gargoyle. Mm. Animal of a person. Nice. Prehistoric. Just sits down. Bet he was a shin kicker. He's not worthy of shin kicking. You don't know. He puts yeah. his shoe, takes his shoes off, and crosses his feet. And that bare, sweaty, nasty, hairy foot mm. is right next to me. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. I'll be honest with you. When I get on planes, I get I get kind of like that. You know that that air on planes. You know it. You're breathing it in, and it's just not the same. It's it's. It's this air that's been circulated. And then if you introduce a foot into mm -hmm. that environment, you better pull that oxygen mask down because you're not going to make it you're through right. the flight. Yeah, especially if you had some bad, like, I don't know, Filipino food the night before. Next thing you know, you're on the plane and you get the old altitudes. Oh, man. Yeah, talk about recirculated air. <laughs> Sounds like a personal experience of yours. Again, who's the worst passenger? I said myself for a reason. At least you admitted it. I mean, yeah, I came out cold turkey. All right, so this is my other crux here, right? This is so. Did you see Southwest? They got they're getting rid of peanuts. Did you see this? They will no longer be serving peanuts on the plane because of allergies or what? I don't know what it is. If it were allergies, you know what? Americans, they have choices. Okay, you have a choice to fly Frontier Airlines or Southwest, Delta, you name it, right? TWA, I don't know. One of the things I looked forward to most to getting on Southwest are salty nuts. Well, first it was the honey roasted peanuts. They got rid of that. Not sure why. Now it's the peanuts. Where is it going to go, Joey? Seats? You don't have any fucking seats on the plane? That are snakes. In a couple weeks, they might just start be taking away your baggage for their own use. That's right. Yeah, that's the fee. Whatever. Just give us your bags. <laughs> yeah, just give us, Fly Frontier. Give us your fucking bags. <laughs> Have a nice time in Alaska with no bags. Yeah. Ass. Right. Yeah. Sit down. Shut up. I'm taking your luggage. <laughs> hey you. Hey you. You touch that guy's feet right now. Yeah. You know. You know those. Uh, that NASA plane that like gets the astronauts ready for zero gravity. You know, goes up, comes down in like this huge arc, right? And it's just, it's like a, it's like a version. It's a flying tumble bus. You know, there's no, there's no, there are no seats. Everything's padded and you're just floating. That's what it's going to become. It's just, everybody's floating. Everybody's hitting each other. Nobody knows what the fuck's going on. No peanuts. Nothing. No peanuts. There's, there's shit everywhere. Just every, and that's what, welcome to America. Fly safe. The zero G experience. Yeah. And on it, that note, it's going to cost you $1,500 too, one way. We're going to get out of here. Before we do, though, I would like to say it has officially been one year of the podcast. Woo! We've accomplished a lot of good things, a lot of goals. A lot of bigger goals will be set for next year. So we'll be excited for that. Mm -hmm. And I'd just like to thank all the listeners, all the people who've supported, mm -hmm. all, the, all my guests who have come on. It's been a lot of them. And I have some very big news coming up soon. Very big news about the podcast. Oh. It will be very exciting. And I'm sure people will be looking forward to that. 